Hey, good morning. Uh, we're starting a brand new series together. It's called RPM, Right Potential Mate. And uh, if you've been around here for any time at all, you know we do marriage series and stuff like that every once in a while. And some of our singles were going, you know, hey, like, when are we ever going to talk about this? And we said, you know, four or five years from now, when you blow it, we'll come back and um, tell you what you did wrong. And, uh, no, so we, we wanted to honor that, come and, and do this. So we're just going to talk for the next couple of weeks uh, together about right potential mate. What does that look like? What would God say about that? And the truth is, this is a huge thing for you and I to be talking about together because you realize we are lousy at this. Uh, we blow this all over the place. Matter of fact, and you guys are probably familiar with the statistics, over half of the marriages that happen tomorrow will end in divorce. Now, just just let that sink in for a moment. If I told you as you got ready to leave here today, all right, half of you, 50% of this crowd, as you leave here today, are going to be involved in a huge automobile accident. I mean, you're just going to be all over the place in the hospital, huge medical bills, deep, deep injuries, bills out of your mind. Half of you are going to experience that. Some of us wouldn't even get in the car. So what does it mean to you when I say to you, hey, not not me, statistics, I mean, it's pretty documented, half of us are going to steer our relational lives into an absolute wreck, causing deep, deep hurt and wounds, uh, bills and things that we make payments on, not just materially, but emotionally for the rest of our lives. What does it mean to you when I say half of us are headed there? And what if I could say to you that God actually has some guidelines, some input that would make it almost a sure bet that you wouldn't have to experience the accident. That God says, look, look, if you'll just listen to me, I can almost guarantee no accident. You'd listen, wouldn't you? And we get a moment to do that together as a church in this whole area of dating. Because here's the, here's the answer at the end of the day. What I do before I say I do has incredible, incredible ability to change what happens after. So it's a huge series, big thing for us to do. Now, I know some of you in here are going, Lynn, it's too late. Man, I have I've already had the car wreck. And the uh, last thing I need is a sermon series telling me what I did wrong on the deal. No, 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 no. I think that in many ways, this sermon series, even though it may not on first glance look like it, is in some ways more for those of us in the room who are married. Let let me tell you two reasons why. Number one is this. Chances are you and I are going to have children if we don't already. And somewhere, somewhere you and I are obligated to prepare them, even for the thing that maybe we didn't navigate that well. And, and, And again, statistics tell us that every child born tomorrow 60% chance they will grow up in a single household, single parent home. So your children, my children, are going to have to navigate a society that has no idea how to do this. How are you going to prepare them to find the right potential mate? How are you going to get them equipped to do better than we did? And that's actually one of the passions of Cornerstone is that you and I would raise up a generation who does this better than us, loves God better than us, serves God more passionately than us, is more consistent in their walk. Our passion is to raise up a next generation that's better than us. What will you say to your children if you don't know these answers? 
And then the second part is this. You may, you may, as we go through this series, the next couple of weeks, find a stop sign, a place where God said, no, 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 don't do it that way. Do it, you know, that you blew right through. And, and, and all of a sudden you're going to go, oh, oh, I get it. I get, I get why that's a struggle now in my marriage. I get that. But more than that, we're going to get a chance to talk about how do you fix some of that? So I, I just really believe this series may be even more for those of us who've already finished dating than for some of those who are still doing it, okay? So we're just going to ask God to teach us, help us the next couple of weeks, okay? Let's pray. Dear Assembly Father, we just come before you, and God, we just confess, we are lousy at this. God, the, would you just speak to our hearts? Would you take people who thought they knew it all and already had their minds made up and had pretty much relegated you to the sidelines and said, God, I'll figure this out and then I'll invite you in after the decision. And God, would you soften our hearts, make us ready to listen. God, for those that are in the room that are in that process, they're looking for that person they're going to spend the rest of their life with. God, that they would listen on the edge of their seats. God, for some of us in the room who've already made that decision and maybe faced this moment with a little bit of regret and a little bit of I told you so floating around in our lives, God, would we find in this series the courage to first off identify the mistake and then, God, to go back and do the body work, the repair work that needs to be done in our relationships. God, we would ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Hey, you'll notice uh, as you kind of look up here on, on the stage that... that a ton of this is like all auto stuff, car stuff. Now, we did that on purpose. Um, how many of you women would agree that sometimes men are slower at grasping relationship stuff? How many would go, well, yeah. Oh, yeah, I was expecting like the biggest amen we'd ever had. Um, so here's what we did is we said, okay, look, look the gals are going to get this anyways. But if we could put this into like oil change terminology, then the guys will get it too. You know, so that's what we did. And ladies, you're going to bear with that a little bit, but it's going to help in the end. Okay. I promise it's going to help because we're going to talk cars and wheels and stuff. Okay. So let's just talk. When it comes to dating and, and, and giving maybe God the opportunity to be involved or even choose our future mate, this scares us to death. We are terrified by that idea. And not because we think God is mean or angry. We're just, we're just pretty convinced that who God would pick is probably not who we would pick. See, here's the thing. It's almost like there's this dark curtain in our lives. And we go, no, 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 no. See, if I turn this over to you, then, then God, you're going to give me something behind the curtain. And I'm pretty sure, God, that whatever you've got behind the curtain is nice. And I didn't want nice. I was hoping for something more exciting than that, you know, and, and, and God, whatever you've got, I, I'll bet they're really dependable, but I wasn't looking for dependable. I was looking for wild, you know? And so God, if, you know, I, I get, I get, you know, I know you've got my best interest, but it's kind of like letting grandma and grandpa pick your date. I just, you know, I'm, and so we are just terrified of what God might have. 
behind the curtain. Let me, let me see if I can help with that. Ladies, ladies, ladies. Tell me the name of like the hottest guy in the I mean, movie star, just hottest guy out there. Come on. Brad Pitt. Who else? Mel Gibson. Before or after the... No. Mel Gibson, Mad Max, right? All right. <laughs> Who else? Aston Kutcher. Yeah. Yeah. Punked, baby. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you old people don't know what that means. Yeah. Okay. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. Okay. If I were to ask the ladies, you know, what would it mean to let God be in charge of who you date and then maybe who you marry? They're, they're going to go, I'm pretty sure Aston Kutcher's not behind the curtain. I, you know, he's probably, I, I, I get that God's got some nice guy back there, probably Tom Hanks. It's just not Aston Crutcher. you know? All right, guys, totally hot, babelicious gal. Who would it be? Heidi Klum. Who else? Huh? Jessica Simpson. Yeah, little little slow up here, but got it going on. Yeah, yeah. If you, I mean, if you can get past the fact that the lights are burning dim, then I'm with you, baby. Okay, so here's here's the deal. All the guys in the room, I guarantee, if you say to them, "Hey, come on, we're going to let God be in charge of your dating life," they're going, "There's no way, Jessica Simpson's back there. There's just no way." So, so here's what we here's what we say to her. Look, God, I'll go find that person. I'll find that person who rocks my world. That person who just makes me desperately excited that I can't wait to be in the room with. And then after I pick them, if you would just fix them, okay? And that's if we were. That's how most of us date because we're terrified what God would give us. Find let me let me put this in car terms for the guys. See, here's what we're thinking. We're thinking we put God in charge then God's going to have a minivan behind the curtain, right? That, that, you know, it's got wheels and it gets you from one place to the other and it's practical. But who wants to marry practical, right? And so we're just pretty concerned. If we let God have his way in picking our mate, it's a minivan. What if I told you that's not God's plan at all? What if I told you that God's heart would be to find you someone who turns your heart upside down? That God's delight would be to find someone that delights you so deeply you can't wait to be with them. What if I told you God's plan for you is so far from a minivan? Matter of fact, you want to know what's behind his curtain. See, what, what if I told you that God wants to give you that? And that it's your and my fear that keeps us from being there. See, here, here, here's what you got to get. Here's what you got to get. get. The truth is, can I just share this with you? God doesn't even have a person picked out for you. He has a type of person. 
but not a person. Matter of fact, he's going to say to you, no, 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 no. You get to pick the person. All I'm asking is, is that they pass the list. See, see, God's going to say, no, no, there's some certain requirements that need to be there when you begin to date. And as you look for right potential mates, I've got a list. But once the person passes the list, you pick. You want a sports car? You want a Hummer? I don't care. As long as they pass the list. Let me see if I can help. A couple years back, my son, Josh, is turning 16. And like every other 16-year-old in the world, they came, he came to me as his dad and said, Hey, Dad, I was kind of thinking, you know, birthday this year... Right? Anyone want to guess what he asked me for? A car. To which I'm just going to say, you know, I said, hey, I'm, I'm cool. I, I get it. Here's the deal. If I'm going to help you get a car, then there's certain things on my list that that car is going to... Because if I'm going to bring my money, if I'm going to provide, then you need to make the list. Now, here's my list. N- n- number one is this. Uh, that car has got to be mechanically sound. Okay. In other words, I, I just refuse to go buy you a car that spends more time in the shop than in the driveway. Not doing those laps if I help you. Okay. And then the second thing is, is that it's got to get at least reasonable gas mileage. You know, dude. I mean, if it's a tank, we're just not going there. I'm not. I'm not going to do that because I'm. I know who's going to buy some of your gas. So it's got to get at least reasonable gas mileage. Okay. And then third thing on my list, it's got to be safe. Okay, it, well, I'm not going to put you in some beer can with the label scratched off. I'm not going to do that. We're going we're gonna to put you in something that's reasonably safe. And if you'll pass those three things for me, I don't care. You can get whatever car that we can afford. We'll do it. So my son comes back to me a couple weeks later and goes, Could it be yellow? <laughs> I go, What do you mean, could it be? Yeah, it could be yellow. I don't care if it's yellow. Yeah, that's your choice. As, as long as it makes my list, you know, it's, it's safe and gas mileage and dependable, I, I'm fine. Yellow, go for it. Could it be a Mustang? I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't care as long as it mechanically sound gets decent gas mileage and you're not going to die in it. I'm, I'm okay. You realize God does exactly the same thing with you and me? That when it comes to our right potential mate. God doesn't say, no, 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 no. I've got Tom Hanks behind the curtain settle. That's not what God does. God says, we can put anybody you want behind the curtain as long as they pass the list. As long as they make those things happen, then the choice is up to you. Pick the person who makes bells and whistles, makes you go, 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 go for it. And if, and if you get down to the bottom of the list and Angelina Jolie is sitting there, <laughs> go for it. You, you get to the bottom of that list and Matthew McConaughey is the woman. Okay? As long as they pass the list, then you pick. Which it really is, is an amazing thing because here's what God is saying. God's saying, look, 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 look. I'm not going to try and sell you a bill of goods. All I'm asking is, could we merge? Could we merge what you're hoping for in a mate and what I know is going to make you happy? Could we merge those two things? And, and here's the deal. My list has got to be the list. It's got to be the things at the top of the list. But once we get past those three or four things, then we'll bring in everything you were hoping for. We'll do that and, and we'll, we'll 
pay a little extra or wait a little longer, do whatever we got to do to make sure what you were hoping would come into the driveway comes as long as we meet the list. Isn't that amazing? And doesn't that take a ton of the fear out of this thing? So here's my question. What's the list? I mean, what is it that God would say? Look, as you go to look for the right potential mate, here's the things that they've got to bring to the table to pass the list. And we're discover really there's four crucial things that God would say. Every person you date ought to pass these four things on the list. As a matter of fact, if you look inside your program today, there's a blank piece of paper in there. And at the top it says, the list. The list. And I would just even be curious to know in the room, how many people think that they could probably name all four things on the list right now? Okay, go for it. Write them down just real quick. Write them down. See if you think you got it. See how close you are. To the list. To the list. Here we go. We're going to start the list. Okay? Four things that God would say. It's okay. You want a beamer? We'll get a beamer. After the list. Anybody want to guess what number one on the list is? Huh? Close. All right. You ready? Believer. Believer. And here's why I hesitated when you said loves God. You realize there's people who don't know God who love God. Right? They like God a lot. They're voting for him. They don't know him yet. Okay? Knows God. Believer. Now, here's the thing. I know right now sitting in this room, we've got some people who are pre-Jesus. You're still trying to figure out God. So I'm just going to say, look, look. Don't get mad at the list. Okay? Process the list. And here's what I just need to say to you. What, the reason God's going to put this on the list, and I, I want to help you that don't know God yet, you realize you've got a direction in your life. And at the moment someone says, I'm a believer, I'm a Christ follower, that direction changes drastically. Matter of fact, it's probably the opposite direction. And God's going to say, look, 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 you want to get two people in a really bad fight? Marry them. And then say, go opposite directions. That's ugly. And God's just in his kindness saying, let's not do that because that's painful. Matter of fact, grab your Bibles. Go with me to 2 Corinthians. If you're not real familiar, go all the way to the back and then start moving toward the front again. You'll find this book of 2 Corinthians. If you find the books in the Bible that we call the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, then you can go to the right from there, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Here's what God says about this first policy, this first thing on the list. He says, do not, don't you dare. I don't care how good looking they are. I don't care how well they kiss. Don't, don't, don't be yoked together with somebody who's an unbeliever, who doesn't know your God yet. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common or what fellowship can light have with darkness? And God just says, don't even go there. It's not even an option. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And here's what you need to know. Because we get fooled on this sometimes. 
you start dating someone, you're going to have to ask the question. You have to say, hey, are you a Christ follower? Are you a believer? Have you moved from being pre-Jesus to being post-Jesus? You know, have you made that decision in your life yet? And let me tell you some of the wrong answers. I was born a Christian. Wrong answer. I was raised in a religious home. Wrong answer. I wish. I mean, every time someone comes and says, "Oh, I found this amazing guy." Oh, you should see the gal I'm dating. First question out of my mouth. Anyone want to guess? Are they? Uh, Believer. And I, I wish I had a dime for every time they say, well. When they were a kid, they went to church. Matt! Wrong answer! I'm a charter member of Cornerstone. Matt! I was baptized. Matt! I went through confession. Matt! Wrong answer. Because, guys, we've got this now, right? You can be religious and not know God, right? Here's the end. Any person who knows Jesus is going to have a story. And that story is going to be something like this. I was driving my car, the car of my life. And I was going from auto accident to auto accident. Man, I was messing up. I, And I figured out one day I was a lousy driver. And in that moment, I got on my knees before God and I said, I give up. And I need a Savior. I need a Savior who fixes all my crud. And I need a Savior who forgives me for all of my mistakes. The Bible calls it sin. And would you be my Savior? And every person who is a child of God, a follower of Christ, has a similar story. A similar moment in which their knees hit the ground and their head bowed in prayer and they asked. Okay? Number two. Avoid junk in the trunk. It's not what you're thinking. A lot of people that you and I are going to meet. Come with this. Baggage. And, and you want to hear the crazy thing is? There is a part of us that's attracted to people with baggage. We are. Because here's the thing. If you're a guy. See, you see some little gal out there. And she's got a lot of baggage in her life. And here's what our hearts say, guys. I'll be the knight. I'll be the guy on the shining horse and I will come rescue her from her baggage. And boy, that just, that makes us feel good. Guys, guys, guys. Can I just tell you, you get into that relationship, you will not be a knight. You'll be a bellhop. Ladies. Sometimes you look at guys and they've got baggage and you say to yourselves, oh, goody, a project. 
I, I can fix him. All he needs is a little bit of love and he'll be fixed. And I'm just going to tell you that while you date, oh, it's wonderful. And he's listening and he's getting fixed. The minute you say, I do, guess what fixing becomes to him? You go, what's wrong? We were so close to fixing you. And some of you right now, you're going, Lynn, you have just ticked me off. Because you just told everyone not to date me. Because <laughs> I've got like some baggage in my life. And you want the answer? You're right. I just did. I just did. And the truth is, if you're here today and you've got some baggage going on in your life, the best advice I can give you is don't date right now. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because... You're going to wait for some man to come fix this. And he can't. And then you're going to resent him. And and guys, you're going to wait for some woman who is going to need you, need you, need you. But I'm just going to tell you that when the baggage remains and the bags get bigger because she keeps packing more in. And one day you'll resent her for her baggage. And God would just say, no, 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 no. Because you you know what baggage is? Can I just, you know what baggage is? It's a moment in my life that I still haven't let God heal yet. And I get it. I get it that you came by the baggage honest. And I get that in many cases it has nothing to do with the decision you made. It has everything to do with what someone else did to you. Or how they wounded you or hurt you. Or I get that. But you realize the fact that you have baggage is... It ought to just be a sign that says there's a part of your life that you and God haven't healed yet and dealt with yet. And and people with baggage, guess what type of people they attract? People with baggage. See, people with baggage don't attract healthy people because they look and they go... People with baggage attract people with baggage. So you say, no, 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 I'm not going to deal with that. Guess who's showing up? And see, here's the thing. When this first happens, you're going to go, oh, goody, a road trip. No, 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 no. This is ugly. Because here's what I'm going to tell you is going to happen. You put those two people together, you're going to fight more often. You're going to wound more deeply. You're going to resolve more seldomly the struggles of your life. Why? Because everything that you have to navigate has this in the middle of it. And it makes every fight, every complaint, every struggle more intense. And more filled with blame. And more filled with chaotic hurt. And I'm just going to tell you that if you are here today and you're a person who has... That's okay. We've all had baggage. But before you begin to date, let Jesus heal this. 
Because when you become healthy, guess who you'll suddenly attract? Healthy people. Watch out for junk in the trunk. Number three. Watch. Avoid authority issues. Avoid. Avoid, avoid, avoid authority issues. If you've got your Bibles, go with me to Proverbs. If you don't know where that is, go directly in the center of your Bible. Just stick your thumb there, open it up. You're probably in Psalms. Turn right. And you're going to find this book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 21. Coolest verse in the Bible. Proverbs chapter 21. Here's what it says. Better. Better. Better to live on the corner of a roof. (laughs) Hanging on to the chimney. Than to dwell in the house with a quarrelsome woman. How many men are going to go, amen, brother? You finally started preaching. Now, here's the thing, though. It goes the other way, right, ladies? Better, yeah. Better to lock yourself in a closet than to deal with some guy who comes stomping in the room every day and venting all of his anger and beating up everybody who's weaker than him. Better to lock yourself in a closet than deal with that. Right? So here's what God's going to say. Don't date people who've got authority problems. Because authority problems aren't just going to be confined to their boss. It'll show up in their relationship with me. And it'll show up in their relationship with you. See, here's the deal. See, we, we kind of get attracted to the rebel, right? And we go, yeah. Put me on the back of that Harley, buddy. You know? And, and, and we're going to be rebels together. We're going to shake our fists at everybody who thinks they're in. And we're going to just. And you know what? That's fun. And it works for a while. But wait till you're shaking fists at each other. Wait till you finally disagree. And, and I'm just going to tell you what God would say is one of, the, one of the best tests you can give to a young lady is how does she treat her dad? How does she read? And you go, whoa, 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 you don't get it. I get where that would work sometimes. But you see, her dad's an idiot. I mean, he's, he's, like, he's like on the dumb dad scale, he's like an 11. You know, so I get it. I get why she doesn't listen to her dad. Whoa, 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 whoa. Her dad may be an idiot, but she marries you. Guess who gets to be the next idiot? You guess who's going to be the guy in her life that she's going to have some moment, some decision you've made, and she's going to look and go, are you that dense? And if she hasn't learned in her life how to honor somebody, even when she disagrees, guess who's next? Ladies, one of the most powerful tests you can do in a young man's life. How does he treat his mom? How does he treat someone he's bigger than, stronger than, who's supposed to be the boss of him? Does he give her honor or guff? Because I'm just going to tell you, somewhere, sometime, it's going to be you. And how he treated her, in all likelihood, is how he'll treat you. 
Anyone here heard something even scarier? Somewhere, as you guys do a family together, God's going to intrude into your home and God's going to ask you something really weird. Right? And if he struggles with authority or she struggles with authority, what do you think that moment's going to look like? And God just says, no, no, no. One of the most powerful things you can do is let your potential mate pass the authority test. Number four. Committed to sexual purity. Some of you are going, I knew he was going to do that. Saved it for last. Committed to sexual purity. Grab your Bibles one more time. Go to the right. 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. First Corinthians chapter six, verse 18. Here's what this says. Flee, run away, Jack. Dump him now. Flee. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own, and the word there in Scripture is body, but as we get together, we're going to talk about this a little bit more in the next couple weeks, the word there actually is better translated personhood. See, look, 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 what you don't get is when a person violates God's rules sexually, he sins against his soul. This is a big deal. And God says, look, 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 on the list has got to be someone who passes the purity test. Now, some of you guys are going, man, Lynn, I was, I was hoping that whoever I dated would like sex. You know, I was thinking that that, you know, that was like one of the things on my list. And, and no, 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 that's okay. That's okay. You can keep that on the list. It's just, here, here's the deal. God's saying this, until you get married, no honor me in this. And God says, look, I don't care. I don't care if your knuckles on your fingers are turning white because as you date, you're already so emotionally attracted and so physically attracted that the only way you can keep your hands off each other is to bury them in the leather. He says, okay, it's all right. That's fine. But what he also says is, is that as you pass this test, as your potential mate passes this test, you will learn amazing things about your mate. Let me give you a couple real quick. You're going to know if your mate can pass this test, because this is a hard one, isn't it? If your mate can pass this test, you're going to know how serious they are about God. Because if I can be in love with you and you can be in love with me and every bit of our hormones is saying, and yet I know God is saying, wait. And if I will take God and allow God to invade even that part of my life, you know what you know about me? You know what I know about you? You're serious about God. Isn't that a great test? Here's the second thing. You're going to know how serious they are about you. How deeply they care and love for you. Because here's why. Because if I say to you, look, 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 every fiber of my being wants to do something about this. But, but here's the deal. I refuse to do something to you or with you that's going to alienate you from God, that's going to cause you and God to be on the wrong page, and it's going to take your prayer life and just flush it. It's going to make you have to live with the consequences and whatever spankings God's going to give. I wouldn't do that to you. I love you too much 
to put you and God at odds. Wouldn't that be an amazing statement about how precious you are? And then finally, it's the selfish test. Because at that moment, the question begging to be answered is this. Is this all about you and all about your needs and all about your desires getting fulfilled? Or are you able to put your needs and desires on check to do what's right and honoring and loving? Because guess what? Somewhere in marriage, you'll be called upon to take what are your desires and your wants and put them on check for the good of the other. Right? It's an amazing test. It's a powerful test. It's a great test. But here's the cool part. God says, look, look, look. If they pass the four test, if if they can go down the list and they can get to the bottom, then guess what? Number five is you. See, you get to say, all right, what is number five? And I don't know what your number five is. But God says, no, no. Once we pass the four test, then you choose. You choose. And if you're highly attracted to Pee Wee Herman, go for it. It's... (laughs) As long as he passes the four test, right? Go for it. Now, I know, I know some, of you are saying, some of you are going, oh, man. Really? The four test? If I start down, if I do that list, I'll never date again. <laughs> I, who passes that? I mean, got to be a believer. That's two thirds gone right there, right? Got to be spiritually mature without baggage. Who's left? (laughs) And here's the... (laughs) Can I tell you that God in His wonder, God in His wonder, hoped you would find that. And He knows that that is on the other side of the four test. And uh, and let me tell you why I think there's some power here. You and I are going to get tempted to not date fours. You and I are going to get tempted to date twos. They pass half the test. Because here's what's going to happen. We're going to get lonely, and and we're going to go, no one else is asking me out, and, and no other girl is blind enough to accept, you know, whatever that answer is. And we're going to start dating the twos. They, they pass half the test. Can, can I just give you an amazing, amazing principle that you probably don't know? You marry who you date. Is that amazing? Had you ever really thought? You marry who you date. So let me tell you what's going to happen. You start dating twos. Guess who you're going to marry? A two. Because here's what's going to happen. You're going to go along in the relationship and, and no one else is going to come along because you're already involved with a two and you're dating a two. And pretty soon you're going to wear out. Ladies, somewhere, here's what, here's what you're going to say. You know, you know why I know you're going to say it? Because I've heard a thousand ladies say it. I know, I know, I know. But I've got so much invested in him. And you'll marry a two. Because you marry who you date. Let me give you one more. You do this list, you're not going to date as often. You're not. Because you're going to have twos and threes and ones that come up to you, and you're going to turn them down. You're going to go, no, 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 no. I don't date threes. 
I don't date twos. I, you have to pass all four on the list. And so a whole bunch of people, honestly, are going to be disqualified. And you know what I have to say to that? Best thing that could ever happen. You know why? Because someday four is walking in the door. And if you're busy dating a two, guess what he's going to say? Oh, she's occupied. Guess what's going to happen when she walks in the door and sees you guys dating a two? Well, there's honor, right? I mean, you don't go break up relationships. That's code. He's unavailable. And she'll turn and look for an available four. And you'll miss out. Because you were occupied with the two. Guys, guys, guys. You realize God's trying for that, for you and me? If you and I would just merge the list. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we, we just come before you, and we're just going to be honest and tell you, we are lousy at this. We do this horribly. And part of it's out of fear, God. We, we were just pretty sure that you had some really, really disappointing person picked out for us. Someone that we would have never chosen for ourselves. And God, we had no idea that what you were simply asking was that we would merge the lists. That that we would take your priorities and your values and put them at the top of the list. And when we finally got past the first four, that you would say to us, now go find, go find the person who thrills your heart. Oh God, if we had only known, it was a merge. And so God, some of us today, some of us today are coming to that moment and saying, bring on the list. And yours gets to be the top of the list. And we'll merge as we look together for that right potential mate. All this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Where do you go from here? I I think we've got some parents who need to watch their little boys and girls. And when their eyes light up and they smile as some little boy goes walking by or some little girl that you stop and we would ask and say, what is it about them that you like? And they're going to say something really profound like they've got lots of money. And it gives you and I an amazing moment to say, you know, I I wonder if they love your Jesus. Have you noticed how they treat their mom and dad? And you and I get a chance to instill this in the hearts of our children, that they would do this better than we in the process. There are some of us in the room that go, Lynn, I I got it. I figured it out. I'm where I am because I blew past every single stop sign God had. Time to turn in the lease. Wrong answer. Wrong answer. Because the Word of God would say so clearly that even if the person you married didn't have anything on the forecast. God would say this, I'll meet you there. And sure, there's a little bit of rust and there's some work to do on the engine, but we'll do it together. We'll restore this. And the only question you need to ask is, is my God bigger than my mate? And if the answer is yes, then you're still okay. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you. God, we're so thrilled to learn today that you weren't trying to sell us a minivan. 
that instead you said, look, look, I, I am so willing for you to get the mate of your heart. I just have a couple questions to ask first. And as long as they pass the floor test, you choose. You find that person who just thrills your heart. Marry them. God, what a great answer. And God, today we choose to merge with you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Hey, some of you are going to have questions. I'll stay at the front. God bless you for being here.